More Than a Movie is back with season two. I'm your host, Alex Fumero. And each week, I'm going to talk to the people behind your favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Listen to more than a movie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi, I'm Michael Rappaport. And I'm Kibi Rappaport. And together we're hosting Rappaport's Rappaport's Reality Podcast. Podcast. We have a passion for reality TV, and we're inviting you into our living room. We're dissecting the drama, and we're giving praise to the single greatest form of entertainment on television today. That is right. Reality TV is the greatest form of entertainment on television today. Listen to Rappaport's reality with me, Kibi Rappaport. And me, Michael Rappaport, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcast. I'm Jack Armstrong. He's Joe Getty. We're the Armstrong and Getty Show. We cover the stories the mainstream media ignores. Stories that are important to your life and important to the world. The election, of course. The many trials of Donald Trump. Couple of wars. Gender-bending madness. Why are kids looking at so much social media? And we bring you the stories the mainstream media is on. But we do it without the left-wing media spin. Listen to Armstrong and Getty On Demand on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Armstrong and Getty Show to start listening. Welcome to today's edition of the Rush Limbaugh Show podcast. Hi, everybody, and welcome to the Rush Limbaugh program. Sadly, it's not going to feature me today. I had every intention of being here today and tomorrow, as you know. But there's something strange that happens after I get one of these infusion treatments. It's not really strange. It's it's not predictable. And it is just an indescribable kind of debilitating fatigue, which I could probably work through, but the main impact it has on me is a compromise of my ability to focus. It's the, it's the strangest thing. So other than that, I'm responding very well to the treatment so far. That's something I'm excited to share with you. But it's just this weird side effect that once again is preventing me from Uh, being in today, focusing and doing my best. So we have Todd Herman all day today, and I want to thank him immensely for making time to step in today. Hope you all have a great Fourth of July weekend, and I am intent on getting back as soon as I can. Rush Limbaugh, ladies and gentlemen, just one thing just around the country, just one, one time together, please. God bless Rush Limbaugh. And Rush, thank you for thanking me for doing this. It's the most incredible honor in radio. It's, it's, it, I cannot ever overstate to you because I am you. I am just like you. I, you, wherever you're at, listening live, listening later in the podcast, that's where I'm at during the week. And it, it, it's, it is a remarkable honor. And in, in, for for him to thank me for doing this. <laughs> It's just so much about our Rush Limbaugh. It's 800-282-2882 if you want to get into the program. We'll get into the guts of the program. Just one second. I just want to point something out. Rush has not been diagnosed with pessimism. And you can hear it in his voice. People who beat cancer are people like our Rush because of this, this optimism. And speaking of optimism, the jobs numbers, there's 5 million of us now have work where we didn't before. Five million people are back to work, and it's huge news. And it's it's going to be put at risk. 
is going to be put at risk because of this box that the left and and the New York Times and the Los Angeles Times and I could go through the whole list of providers of programming, okay, news programming that's programming people. They want our president, they want Donald Trump, in a box, and they're going back to this. Now, is it going to be lives or is it going to be jobs? And he is the president of the entire country. So I'm very curious about how you feel in your area. This is the largest radio show in the world. So I would love to hear about how you feel in terms of optimism or pessimism, because it's a rare thing to be able to get the country together. I mean, think of this every single day this program is on, whether it's myself or it's Ken Matthews or it's Mark Stein or it's the Maha. It is a massive town hall, and it spreads across the country. So I would love to hear at 800-282-2882 what you're feeling about your localities, because things are being treated very, very differently. Ron DeSantis, who the media has done everything they possibly can to vilify this guy. Ron DeSantis in Florida, the governor there, decided, hey, you know what? I'm going to, I'm going to erect a triage approach to this. He protected the villages. He protected the areas where elderly people are living because he looked at the data. And the data is so very clear on this. And it is inarguably clear that the the virus is a risk to people um, according to age, according to comorbid conditions. But it's not a death sentence. It's not. It is. We're seeing numbers, CDC like, that are as low as 0.26 for the United States, I, I live. Uh, I live in Washington. Our death rates in a in a shutdown state, in a forced mask state. And we'll talk about the mask because I know there's varying views on this. I know the president has said he has no problem with masks. We are looking at zero point zero 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 one six, and still not fully opening the economy. So DeSantis says, "Look, we're not going to step back." And so much of my frustration and concern about how this is being covered in the media relates back to this theory I hold of the propaganda of silence, that the the most effective form of propaganda is not lies or it's not spin. Those things can be undone. We know Russia was a hoax. We know that we knew. knew <laughs> we know the new Russia thing. I mean, Adam Schiff may have developed some sort of Russia tick where maybe he's just that's become programmed into his brain. I can see Adam Schiff at home looking in the mirror going, Russia, Russia, Russia. It's it's programmed into him now. I'm, I'm afraid it's rewritten his DNA. I could see him going into a doctor's appointment and they're analyzing his DNA and saying, why does it say Russia here in your DNA? In any case, the, the, the propaganda of silence is what they choose not to tell you. And again, we're a huge country. This is a very different thing in New York. It's a very different thing in Texas, et cetera, and in Washington, and in Idaho, et cetera. And today, I'm at KQNT AM in in Spokane. It's a different thing here, Spokane, Washington. DeSantis says we are not coming. We're not going to step back into the shutdowns. The propaganda of silence is this. There are hundreds of sources. There are some very robust, world-renowned scientists who have looked not at the models, Not at the guesses, not at what Tony Fauci is saying. What they're looking at is the performance data in countries like Japan, where where they didn't shut down. They didn't do mass testing. They They beat the virus. So there's these varying approaches to this. And, of course, then there's the economy. And there are governors around the country who are looking at now a no mask, no service equilibrium. 
Okay, you don't wear a mask, you don't get service. They're looking at Gavin Newsom is, is, is making noise in the state of California. He intends to shut that state down again, maybe back to stage one. But there's all sorts of data that shows that the lockdowns do not have a material effect on the, on the growth arc of the virus. Now, imagine this and think of this. The lockdowns do not have an effect on the growth of the virus, but the lockdowns have an effect on people's lives. I've been reading data that, that overdoses are up. And they are precipitously up and suicides are up and mental health issues are up and relapses of people drinking and taking drugs. These things are coming up. So we're headed down this path where there's states that are going to say, "Okay, we're going to step all the way back. And yet, what's the commonality in the states that have conquered this or the the countries like Israel? Their former chief medical officer said, hey, look, we've we've conquered this in Israel because of herd immunity. And when this thing first came out, we talked about herd immunity. We talked about this balance that the president of the United States is not the president of a disease. He's the president of the country. There has to be this balance. I lean towards the opening up side because that's what the data says to me, that we can't stop or affect the growth rate of the virus. We can protect people like Ron DeSantis has, but this can't be overstated. In in Texas, this is the most remarkable I don't think I've ever paid more rapid rapid attention to a video of a, ca- a county council meeting in a place I've never lived. And it's, it's uh, from Collin County, Texas. They were talking about the new way of counting COVID cases. And if I understand this correctly... And it's it was a county councilman who asked this question of the one of the local health officers who said, "Wait a minute, are we counting now COVID cases? Do I understand this correctly that if you have one confirmed positive for every single individual that person has had contact with through contact tracing, whether that's five or five hundred people, every person they've they've had contact with is tagged as probable, but it's added to the count, not as probable." But as positive, assuming that everybody that person came in contact with is positive, that's insanity. There's some other ways to become positive that came out in, in, this, in this Texas video. If you live in an area where there's lots of cases and you think, listen, you think you have a temperature, you think you do. And you tell a contract tracer or a public health official, I think I have a headache, or I think I have, I think I have a fever. I haven't tested it, but I have a headache. Boom! It's treated like a case, as I understand this. That sort of madness is one of the reasons why I am, I, I am mask suspicious, to say the least. And we can get into some of this data a little bit later on. And I, where I sit is, if you want to wear a mask, please do, and make it a good one. But let's not have this random piece of cloth idea that that's somehow scientific that, well, it could be a bandana, it could be a scarf. You can't measure that because you're not talking about a certain thickness or a type of material. And then to the small businesses. And this is this is so painful. I can't imagine the frustration that your business is a great risk, so your bar must be shut down, your restaurant must be shut down. Gavin Newsom says we need to roll this all back. Los Angeles County is shutting down the beaches for Independence Day. But we just got done with some peaceful protests and some riots of tens of thousands of people. And once again, to speak to the media, they can't rush fast enough out to say, this didn't cause the spike. 
Lastly, this as we're talking about your view of where you live, your optimism, how you feel, your pessimism. Should we be opening? How are we feeling about where it's handled, how it's being handled where you live? There's this. The herd immunity requires young, healthy people to have contact with this virus. And I read the most fascinating piece of data. If you're under 50 and you're healthy, your chances of dying from this are 0.005. That's, on, that's, that's, that's infinitesimally small. If you're a kid, you are more likely to die being hit by lightning. And if you're below 50 and healthy, you're more likely to die in a car crash. How does that balance against states saying we must shut down for every one of those people who gains, who gets the virus and doesn't get sick? That's a place the virus can't live. So we must walk this line. We must do it wisely. There's much more to get to. I am from Seattle. I will tell you about that madness when we continue on the Rush Limbaugh program. It's Todd Herman filling in on the EIB Network. Oh, there's a lot to get to as we continue on the Rush Limbaugh program. It's Todd Herman filling in. I just got a really kind note from uh, Russia's brother, David. Uh, David, this just means the world to me. Thank you so much for that. There's so much to come on the show. So the woman who was apparently um, procuring girls for Jeffrey Epstein uh, to uh, allegedly abuse and to market, etc., and you know the story, uh, she's been app- apprehended. Her name is um, Gashane Maxwell. What we're wondering is uh, if you are an odds maker, at w- what are the odds of, of her making it to the trial? And I'm just wondering about this experience where she's looking at her schedule and, and something appears on the counter and it says, uh, everything ends here. There's <laughs> just, there's, wait, how come my calendar's broken past this date? Why is this? We'll get to that. We're also going to talk more about COVID-19 and the numbers and the context. And some of the things that you're not hearing in the media, it's very, very important in, in just a little while. In fact, in about 10 minutes or less, I have some words to say to the the Bushies and the others who are telling people, Republicans, they need to back Biden. And, and I have worked with these people. And I have one specific question for them, which is, which of your fears has come true? Of your hyperventilating fears about President Trump, which one has come true? Oh, I, I know what your concern is. But I've got a lot to say about that. So uh, you've seen in the national news this example, this experiment in Bidenism. Bidenism happened in Seattle. Leftism happened wholeheartedly in Seattle. Or in, in what is called the autonomous zone, you've heard it called shop. I call it Antifistan. And that had been my home it's for 25 years. Here's some things that you may not know about what went on there. And it starts with something I've been inspired to say to the, there's a trap question. People ask, you know, politicians and people like me, so do Black Lives Matter? And, of course, what you're being asked to do is to endorse a group which is run by self-confessed trained Marxists who have said, if you don't give us what we want, we're going we're gonna to burn the country down. And then said, oh, I could be speaking figuratively or, or literally. That's open to interpretation. What I've been saying and I'll tell you why this was inspired by Antifistan in Seattle. Because, by the way, they're now setting up an autonomous zone in New York. We'll see who has the worst mayor, Seattle's Jenny Jerkin or Bill de Blasio, and it's going to be a heck of a race. Here's what I've been saying to this question, because it contains, my answer contains an absolute moral truth, inarguable moral truth. 
My answer to the question, do black lives matter, is, of course, black lives matter. That's why I do not and cannot support the Marxist organization Black Lives Matter Incorporated. We must separate the people from the group. We must do that because we must be loving. We must contain love. We must also look at the great evil that Marxism has done throughout society, this, the, the, the burning down of our cities. If you look at Seattle, here's some things that, that has not been talked about enough. There's a guy named Andre, Andre Taylor. He was on Fox News last night uh, with a gentleman named Horace Lorenzo Anderson. Andre lost his brother in a confrontation with the police. Now, I happen to disagree with Andre's view of that interaction with the police, but I know his hurt is enormous. This guy worked the system in Washington state to pass legislation. And by the way, he got support from some law enforcement officers and some law enforcement organizations for a police reform bill. He built a bridge and he's angry about things. And he says it outright. After a 16 year old child who had apparently, according to press reports, had apparently hijacked or carjacked a car. 16, driving with a 14-year-old, he was shot by so-called CHOP security. What does that mean? It means people in yellow vests with guns running around neighborhoods like it's Mogadishu in Seattle. Literally, literally, that's the way it was. After that killing, which was the, which was the, the second, second death in a couple of weeks in a six-block range, Andre Taylor went to that neighborhood. Now, mind you, this man has gotten legislation passed. Mind you, this man speaks constantly about this. Mind you, this man is trying to pass more legislation. He went there after after a 16-year-old boy was killed. He went to Antifa stand. He spoke to the members, people who were following Antifa and Black Lives Matter. He said, you need to shut this down. You need to shut this down. These are black lives. That are being lost. These are black children that are being lost. That man stood there and said that. You know what they said? They called him a phony. They called that man a phony. That man who has actually changed things. That man who actually has the ear of some people in law enforcement. And lots of law enforcement officers disagree with the changes he's made. They say it's made things worse. And they say he's at least doing this. This guy's a former, he's, a, he's, a, he's an ex-con who has now focused his life on legislation, and they called him a phony, but he's made the progress they pretend they want to make. Four shootings, two deaths, a rape of a deaf and mute woman, countless acts of vandalism, and you still have a leftist mayor saying it was, it was peaceful. It was mostly peaceful. You know when it changed? The mob went to her house. And so now Bill de Blasio is faced with an autonomous zone in New York City. The police, as I understand it, vacated City Hall. There's been a huge cut to the police budget in New York City. And it's still not enough. It's a $1 billion from the NYPD. AOC wants it completely stripped. And meanwhile, you had a weekend, 112 people injured in 83 shootings in nine days in New York City. Bidenism. Now, they'll shift their tactics if, God forbid, Joe Biden is elected. They'll shift their tactics. It won't be the riots in the streets, but it'll be just as harmful. I tell you my heart. 
Of course, Black Lives Matter. That's why I cannot and will not support the Marxist organization Black Lives Matter Incorporated because I've watched their followers call a wounded and hurting man and, and, and brother who is affecting change. They called him a phony. That says so very much to my friends in New York. I love your city. I wish you luck with Bill de Blasio. It's Todd Herman in for Rush Limbaugh on the EIB Network. Absolute honor to fill in for Rush Limbaugh on the EIB Network with the whole team in New York and Florida, etc. I just I didn't give enough attention to one thing we're talking about Antifa stand. That was the takeover in Seattle. That was the uh, Bidenism, the experiment in leftism in Seattle, uh, just completely unfiltered. Uh, I, I just want to point something out that it was Sean Hannity on Fox News last night who gave audience to uh, Horace Lorenzo Anderson, who lost his um, his son in in Antifa stand. And, and it's, it's just this this is a grieving, grieving man, a grieving father. And Sean gave them audience, or gave them witness, an opportunity to speak to people. And Andre Andre Taylor, this this you know former this, this ex con who's now moving legislation. That that I, I don't even particularly agree with the legislation, but I, I he's you know going the right way in doing this. It's it's conservative who gave this audience that we sometimes the burden you think you have. Because we live in very, very strange times. Very strange. Sometimes the burden you carry is the opportunity that you don't see. Sometimes the weight you're carrying on your shoulders is the thing that molds you. Sometimes the thing that scares you most when you get through it is the thing that defines you to be the greatest you can possibly be. And we've been given a challenge. And my view is is the view of a religious person. And I feel like God Almighty's given us an incredible challenge. And I just would say this, if we can succeed in showing black people that that's Marxism, this is legislation. One is destructive. One is redemptive. One is threatening the lives of all. Another is a chance at change that may morph into something that all that, that cops and everybody agrees upon. Another is going to be something that ends in force. Marxism can't do anything but end in force because the funny thing is a lot of people aren't just going to hand their stuff over. They're not just going to say, oh, it's, it's Marxism now. Oh, OK, well, let me give you my house. There's just some people who have a funny attachments, you might say, you might say bitterly clinging. Not just to their guns and their religion, but to their homes and their 401ks and their retirement funds and their kids' college funds and their way of life. If we can talk with black people and say, do you see the fires in your neighborhood? That's Marxism. In our neighborhoods, that's Marxism. Here is an opportunity to hear from a man I don't even, I, I, I respect very much. And I disagree with. But an opportunity to say there is a way. We have a system that is amenable to changes. Peaceful changes. And this is this this gets me to, and I want to get to the phones at 800-282-2882. This gets me to these the the, the Bushies. Look, I, I had big questions about President Trump in the first in the first run. None, none, not a single one of my fears has come true. And I've said Rush was right about that. I am thrilled with so much with the president's done. I have huge problems with the bailout. 
I got a check. I shouldn't have gotten the check. I don't qualify. I don't even know what to do. I'm not going to cash it because I feel like it would be fraud. There's some things I don't agree with, and he's a human being. But overall, I am thrilled with the policies and the fight, and I understand why people get nervous. Their way of life is at risk. That's the country club Republicans. You are telling us to ignore not what the not what people who believe that black lives matter they do but the people who are running a marxist organization black lives matter inc who are engineering attacks on our cities oh and by the way raising 300 million dollars a lot of that as i understand it funneled through act blue into democrat coffers you want us to ignore that you want us to vote a, to a guy who would take that money why would we vote for a guy who would take money from a Marxist organization that's burning down the country? It's, 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 it's unthinkable. And here's what you think. Because you've been elites for so long, here's what you think. Well, we'll control it once we're back in control. No, you won't. No, you won't. We have a burden and an opportunity. And this opportunity is to expose the elitism to defeat it, but also to go and show people that there is that way to burn things down, that is the leftist way, or there is the way of change through a system that has proven to be protective of people since it was launched and adapting to and getting better at protecting people and getting better at one point of protecting equal rights. That's this system. Speaking of equality, All around the country, there's different approaches to open up, don't open up, how small businesses are treated. And there's the there's the DeSantis way. We're not stepping backwards. There's a Gavin Newsom way of no, let's shut it down. Let's take it back to stage one. So I wanted to talk to people around the country about that at 800-282-2882. Let's talk to Bob in St. Paul, Minnesota. Bob, you're on the Rush Limbaugh program. It's Todd Herman filling in. Hi, Bob. Yeah, mega mega ditto to you and prayers go out to Rush. Yeah, this is uh, right off. It's applications are due today in Minnesota for something called the Minnesota Small Business Relief Grant, $60 million worth of $10,000 grants going out to small businesses. My wife and I have owned a small business for 17 years in Minnesota. Um, you got to jump through lots of hoops to qualify. There's the usual, you know, special categories and everything. But you come down to the end, and here's the, the point for the craziness of running a small business and a small business in Minnesota if you qualify for this grant, here is, quote, three sentences on how they will decide, how a business will be selected for the grant. A randomized, computer-generated lottery process will be used to select eligible businesses to receive awards. All awards will be dispersed and administered by qualified local and regional-based nonprofit agencies. The selection process will be conducted by the deed which is a Minnesota organization, in, co- in consolation with the Minnesota Lottery and will be observed by an independent third party. Good luck to all my fellow Minnesota small business owners. <laughs> well, I mean, at least, you know, now that you're getting rid of your uh, police departments in some of your cities, uh, at least you, you can go steal the money. I mean, it sounds like they're stealing it from you. That is insane. Oh, thank you for that, Bob. Thank you for that. This is one of the, you know, we're talking about sometimes the burden you carry. Bob's carrying an incredible burden as a small business owner, and I've got prayers for you, Bob, that this works out for you. Thanks for calling Russia's show. 
this burden that we carry on our shoulders sometimes is our opportunity. It's an opportunity to talk to small businesses around the country and say, why did the government keep getting a paycheck? Why was that? Why did they continue to get paid? By the way, in your state, did they stop paying people right away? Because in Washington state, where I'm from, they still haven't stopped people on on a statewide basis. They still haven't furloughed people. The burden we're carrying is an opportunity to say to, 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 to reasonable Democrat business owners, why did you have to carry the entire load? Where is your refund for property taxes or, or that, that, since you weren't getting school services, et cetera, depending on how your, your schools are funded? Um, Stacy, Houston, Texas, a whole nother look at this. And this is an important conversation since the president said masks. He is fine with masks. Stacy, welcome to the Russian Bot program. Todd Herman filling in. Oh, what a thrill. Thank you so much for having me. So here in Houston, um, obviously we're, we're kind of a Repu- – we're mostly a Republican state, but we're definitely a Democrat city. Our mayor, Sylvester Turner, is uh, definitely in the running for the most corrupt mayor in the country. And um, – we have our Houston is in Harris County, and our Harris County judge was swept in a couple of years ago on Beto O'Rourke's coattails. She is this little 29 year old twerp named Lena Hidalgo and a total tyrant. Um, she first, uh, she first uh, tried to issue this mass mask order, and happily, the Police pushed back. The Harris County Sheriff's Department and the Houston Police Department said, we're not enforcing this. So that was good. Well, then, um, I guess maybe because I got beat down by this whole George Floyd nonsense, uh, she came back again and enforced it, and now it's happening. So all the businesses, you have to go and wear a mask. I am also a psychologist, and um, I'm a rare, psych, you know, conservative, like closet conservative because most psychologists are flaming liberals. Mm-hmm. And um, so since this whole lockdown thing, um, you know, my office building was closed, so I started doing telehealth and doing Skype sessions and, you know, rather than going in the office. Well, I think it was Mark this week on Russia's show who said that these masks and no touch and no handshakes and all this are an effort to divide us. And I think that is absolutely true. Um, As I'm gradually going back to see people in the office, if they're willing, I'm like, I, if you want to wear a mask let's just keep doing telehealth because i don't want to miss out on the facial expressions yeah um so this is just so true that they are just everywhere we turn trying to divide and conquer us and the masks are another way to do it I need to, when we, I, I want to thank you for the call, Stacey. I, I want to, we got to go to a break. We come back. I want to, I want to take what you said and tell everybody in the nation a story about this and also about where these masks are at in terms of the science I'm seeing. Because for me, hey, it's a choice. You want to wear one, wear one. But the mask bullying thing, let me tell you where this is headed because I agree wholeheartedly on the separating us psychologically. And in fact, believe it or not, there's a lawsuit call, uh, to come calling the masks forced speech, a legitimate lawsuit, forced speech. I'll tell you about that as we continue. Starman in for Rush Limbaugh on the EIB Network. Todd Herman in for Rush Limbaugh on the EIB network and just took a call from Stacy in Houston, Texas, uh, who's a psychologist talking about this, the, the notion of masks and the application of masks. And the president has said he's fine with masks, which is, I think, a great way to say it. If you choose to wear a mask, wear a mask. Where I'm at and where I want people to get to is understanding that there is a great body of scientific work, including a CDC journal entry that was a meta study 
of studies, and those studies went from 1946 to 2017. The systematic review found no significant effect of face mask on transmission of laboratory-confirmed influenza. That's that's what we're dealing with. And Stacy was saying that, that in fact, I heard Mark Stein say this as well, that it is a way to divide Americans. It definitely is. And, and this plays on something that the left has been teaching people for years, which is they're the party of brute force. It, it, it's not enough that you stay silent. It's you must now mouth the words they want you to mouth. It's not enough that you tolerate someone says, you know, has a different view of gender, etc. No, you have to agree. You have to proactively agree. And this you have to do things because we say you have to do things is tied to, of course, a desire for Marxism because it requires force. The mask push and the mask diktats in states are very definitely something that you contract to being disingenuous because you watch people. You watch Tony Fauci mask off when he thinks the cameras are off and, and mask on. When the cameras are on, or I think her name is, uh, is it Caitlin Collins? There's a reporter who was yelling in the White House press room about masks. She thought the cameras were off. She whips the mask off her face. To, to governors who do this, stand there with no mask until they get a phone call or a text. And they, oh, yeah, I better put my mask on. And there's people, this is a fascinating, fascinating aspect of all this. Democrats as a whole don't know. A majority of Democrats literally, literally don't know that the, the, the rate of death has lowered. We were told it was going to be 3 million people. It's not. They don't know this. So that's how they can look at this mass thing. Well, even if it doesn't work, we have to try it. They, they still think it's 3 million people that are going to die. They still think it's a, a 3, you know, 5% death rate around the country. And there may be areas where it is, but it's not anywhere near that. It's about 0.26 around the country. So it's definitely a way to divide. Let's talk to Zach in uh, Bradenton, Florida. Bradenton, Florida. You're on the Rush Limbaugh program. Zach, it's Todd Herman filling in for Rush. Hi. Good afternoon, Todd. Thanks for taking the call. Um, I just want to say that I think the Democrats are not paying attention to what's going on, on on the streets themselves. There are a lot of people who are turning their backs and saying enough is enough because they're able to see through this noise. Um, prime example is in the store the other day, comment after comment on, on my Trump hat, which is very unusual for the area we're in. And I've spoke with some people that have been lifelong Democrats that have said there's no way I'll ever vote for another Democrat again. And I don't think they're taking that into account, especially for this election. This craziness they're doing is pulling people away from their party. And this is what my wife thinks, too, that, that people will observe this and say, I, I don't want any part of that. And there's others who are saying that, OK, people are going to observe this and say, oh, my gosh, they hate Trump so much. They hate Republicans so much. If we just give them what they want, then they'll stop burning things. And that's a dynamic of leftist organizing where they, they, they want to show the country, if you vote Trump, you'll get more of this. And you think that, that that's being defeated and your experiences from people locally no longer making fun of your Trump hat or, or telling you, hey, I like the hat. They're just, hey, I like that. And even four weeks ago, I would have never gotten comments like that. And hmm. and I I truly feel like people are seeing through this because they see where this this chaos is coming from. And you can't I mean, you can only go on so long with the stuff like in Seattle before people finally say is enough is enough. And they look at the history of these cities that have been ran by Democrats forever. And it's just 
now finally coming to fruition. And now the next thing is just trying to get these people to the polls to actually make a difference. Yep. And, and you know, speaking of Seattle, uh, Zach, here, here's some aspects of this that people don't know. That six-block region that they called CHOP and I call Antifa Stand, that's just microcosmic. There's shootings in Seattle all the time. There's kids dying in Seattle all the time. There's Marxists everywhere. There's a Seattle City Councilwoman who, who literally told Amazon employees to rise up in a militant fashion and, and steal the company, to take it over. She's told people to not pay their rent. Th- these people are in office. You must, across the country, you must safeguard your local offices like your city council offices. Don't overlook those because revolutions happen top down and ground up. Please pay attention to the smaller local offices. It's Todd Herman in for Rush Limbaugh on the EIB Network. That's Todd Herman in for Rush Limbaugh on the EIB Network. And just talking, uh, during the, sometimes we should create a show of, of comments that happened to go on uh, in uh, during the break. And he was pointing out that Ice-T, do you remember him? He was from a, uh, a group called N-Words with Attitude. And very famous for the uh, the statement, um, blank the police. And I think you probably remember blank the police. He then went on to play a cop on, on TV. And now is doing... <laughs> Is doing ads for Car Shield, and, and the the wealth that he's built. I mean, maybe it's protected by private security. Maybe because in in Minneapolis, where they voted to completely end the police, did you know that the city council members, three of them that voted for that, they've applied for and been given private security. <laughs> they're they're concerned about their safety because of their jobs. And, and they, they now perceive their jobs to be getting rid of the police. And I do wonder if Ice-T is willing to come out and say now, hey, you know what, this whole system is pretty good. I mean, because honestly, is, as uh, Bo Snerdley, that's James Goldman was saying, it's, if you're a conservative black guy or woman and are out saying blank the police and, and words with attitude, I, I don't know that you're working much anymore. It's Todd Herman in for Rush Limbaugh on the EIB Network. Uh, it is a huge honor to fill in for Rush on the EIB Network. It's 800-282-2882. And in fact, uh, we have a word here from Maha Rushi himself uh, who wanted to, he recorded this earlier and wanted to share this with you. Hi, everybody, and welcome to the Rush Limbaugh program. Sadly, it's not going to feature me today. I had every intention of being here today and tomorrow, as you know. But there's something strange that happens after I get one of these infusion treatments. It's not really strange. It's, it's not predictable. And it is just an indescribable kind of debilitating fatigue, which I could probably work through. But the main impact it has on me is a compromise of my ability to focus it's the it's the strangest thing. So other than that, I'm responding very well to the treatment so far. That's something I'm excited to share with you. But it's just this weird side effect that once again is preventing me from uh, being in today, focusing and doing my best. So we have Todd Herman all day today, and I want to thank him immensely for making time to step in today. Hope you all have a great Fourth of July weekend, and I am intent on getting back as soon as I can.
Uh, just to, to be thanked for doing this, uh, for Rush to thank me for doing this, it, it, it feels weird. I want to be honest with you because, A, the, the number of talk show hosts who would, would live for an opportunity to host this program, I, I speak for them all. I speak for everybody. Uh, they would they would love to do that, and also I just want to once again ask this entire Limbaugh Nation, including um, EAB, New York, Florida, everybody, just one time, all of us together. God bless Rush Limbaugh, because I do believe in prayer. And what are the things that you miss in not not, not doing the show? Last hour, we just wrapped up with a with a cultural note, and we. It, it, I want to be clear that it was it was Bo Schnerdly. And and uh, we checked during the break. Bo is still black, was born black, still black, who is not apparently a fan of rap. In fact, I know this to be the case. We're, we, I said that that uh, that Ice T had been with a group called uh, N Words with Attitude, and and now is selling Car Shield. And all across Twitter, a whole bunch of young white men are are tweeting at me and tweeting at, at uh, Bo Dash James saying. Ice, that's not, no, it's, it's, that's Ice Cube who was in N-Words um, with Attitude. And so I want you guys to know that you are now, this is a, a disproving of, of certain racial stereotypes. And when we have time, one day I've got to tell you a story that happened when Bo was in Seattle with me. Uh, one day I'll tell you. I'll, in fact, you know what? I'm going to tell this story on Facebook Live later so that you guys can hear because you need to hear. There's so much important business to get to at 800-282-2882. The president says did, did that go on the air because I can never tell. Did you just put yourself on the air? Okay. <laughs> so the the, our, the 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 black executive producer, the black boss of the show, James Dash Snerdly, is still getting nailed on Twitter with people. <laughs> upset about this uh so uh, just apologize to mr t and, and mr cube and 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 by the way you chuck d uh, we didn't mention you but i met you back in the day you were very kind very nice although your bodyguard was just absolutely scary all right let's get to the business of the program 800-282-2882 president trump says he is just fine with masks he's he's not going to wear one i, I we must we must talk about getting grounded I, I firmly believe that the media has done a, a huge disservice to the country in, in pursuit of orange man bad outcomes. And and I could go through and name all the specific media channels because, look, I'm part of the media. I happen to be a conservative, and I, and I, think, I think we're overall more fair than the liberal media. I really do. But let's, let's just go through this and get grounded. Let's start with this. I wholeheartedly endorse your decision as an adult human being to wear a mask or a bandana or a scarf or whatever ever makes you feel better. Here is my why I am not wearing a mask and I don't intend to. And I I saw Peggy Noonan. Was it Peggy Noonan? No, it was Karen Hughes, who's a very nice, very smart woman, wrote a piece. She used to work for Georgia B. Bush. I don't I hope she's not a I hope she's not a never Trumper in this election. Because then I'm going to retract nice woman. She wrote a piece about how people like me are selfish. Here's my nightmare. It is when people become conditioned to discounting their own faculties and their own discernment. I read 28 to 30 hours a week for show prep. 
because I did the morning show at KTTH in Seattle. Today I'm in the studios of 590 KQNT in Spokane. Thank you, by the way, uh, guys in Spokane, for allowing me to use the studios. You're just phenomenal. The New England Journal of Medicine published a study. This is the, this is the turn to publication. Published a study that outside of hospitals, masks do not work. There's a misunderstanding of what masks are intended to do. They're intended to block bacteria which are the the molecules of bacteria are monumentally larger than the molecules of, of viruses, monumentally. Then there is a CDC paper that went across some 50 years of, it's a meta-analysis of clinical, of clinical studies, randomized clinical trials. And this is CDC saying there's no measurable reason to wear a mask. It doesn't, it does not stop the flow of influenza wearing a mask. And, and that's a mask. It's not a bandana or a scarf, which is what they've done in Washington State. Is well, you know, basically a random piece of cloth. Let's just be grounded in this. Now that can seem really scary. Right, wait, so the, the masks aren't keeping us safe. It's so vital to understand this that as Gavin Newsom talks about shutting down the state of California and going back to stage one. And I know there's other states that are going to be saying this. Let's get back to stage one. Let's, let's roll the economy backwards. Let's be grounded. Please, together, all of us be grounded in something. Michael Levitt is a Nobel Prize winning scientist who has studied this phenomena of COVID. But he's not looking at models. He's looking at evidentiary data, things that have happened. He's analyzing what has actually gone on. The lockdowns have not changed a thing about the growth rate of the virus. You take a lockdown country versus a non-lockdown, it doesn't change a thing. Now, again, that can seem scary. But understand that what the media is telling us about this disease, this, this virus, they're now talking cases, cases, cases. There was a terrific study that Powerline blog pointed to. And it was a study of prisons. So people in, in confined environments like the cruise ship. So people in confined environments in prisons, they did, I think, three prisons. I think it was about 3,000 people in total. Of the people who tested positive for having the virus in their bodies, 95 to 98% of them were asymptomatic. This is exactly what we want. Exactly what we want. Asymptomatic people don't get sick. They don't burden the hospitals. Most people don't even know they have the disease because they're not sickened by it. But those people become a place the virus cannot live, which is a protective barrier around people who can be sickened by this by this virus. Okay, and another National Institute of Health study has indicated that people who are asymptomatic, people who are have, have, have the virus in their bodies but are not sick, are not really capable of passing it on to others. There is no recorded instance, incidentally, of children passing it on to parents or grandparents. So, again, if you, if you choose to wear a mask, please, that's fine. I'm, I judge no mask wearers because I don't know your circumstance. But do understand the facts behind this. Here's another. This comes from a guy named um, Ethical Skeptic on, on Twitter who's done a great job of analyzing the data, near as I can tell. 
And he points to California, Arizona, and Texas stuffing three days' worth of cases and deaths into one day. And understand this. We are fighting. We fight a uniculture. And I define the uniculture as statists, people who practice celebritism, and people who practice scientism. That science... That's the, the science is the answer to everything. All scientists are the answer to everything, as long as they're leftist. There are people in public health who have lived for this moment. They got into public health because they want control. And there's a lot of leftists in public health, and they're looking for this control. So, again, the president says he has no problem with masks. I don't either. Where I get afraid is where Americans are conditioned to shut down their critical thinking faculties. Is taxes investment? No, it's not. Is government health care free to people? No, it's not. Is there such a thing as free college? No, there is not. Is Marxism going to rescue people from poverty? No, it is not. Is a mask keeping you safe from influenza? As near as I can tell, no, it's not. Does that mean you shouldn't wear one? No, please be my guest. But let us not allow the media to move us into emotionalism. Because when you are emotional, you make really bad decisions. So let us all together be grounded. And I I promise you, this is not an effort to kiss up. Nationwide, that this program can air those views, whether it's the great Rush Limbaugh saying it, it's Mark Stein, or it's Ken Matthews, or it's me, Todd Herman. This is why this show is necessary, beyond just our love for Rush to get this stuff across. We'll get back to your phone calls at 800-282-2882. It's Todd Herman filling in for Rush Limbaugh on the EIB Network. It's Todd Herman in for Rush Limbaugh on the EIB Network, and I knew this. I knew this was coming. I knew this was coming. So last hour, we just, we talked, we did something cultural, that there is a former hip-hop artist who is now doing ads for Car Shield, and it turned out it's not... It's not Ice T. It's Ice Cube. It turned into this whole thing, and I. I so now, now I've got the note I was waiting for, uh, and that is, the, and this is, this is okay. We knew this was coming. Someone is now, and it's a white person who who sent me a note that says, um, "Well, I, it, you know what it says." Are, so, are you saying that those two gentlemen look alike? And can I just point out one more time? This was my friend Bo Snurdly dash James Golden, who is legitimately black. I've I've been with him in public. Who is apparently not a hip hop fan, but I, this at least it waited a little while before we got to this, and it's it's not going to go away. So please, please aim your umbrage back at yourself for thinking that we should all have a handle on which entertainer is who, etc. There's so much more to get to on the show. I'll tell you one thing that people are bugging me to pay off. There is a lawsuit coming out against the masks in Washington State, and it's, it's done by the Freedom Foundation, and they're calling it forced speech. And you remember when Dr. Fauci said, uh, Tony Fauci said, well, you know, I don't really think the masks are the, the protection everybody thinks they are, but it's the right thing to do because it sends a message. Do you remember this? And I've heard other governors say that it's an act of love. It's a way of showing people that you love people. They intend to sue Based upon the notion that masks are not, are, they're not medical protection from influence, as we've talked about, that they're for speech. And, and I do think that you can make the case, because I think the case is very, very solid, that that's, that's not a science thing. It's not a protection from influenza thing. But it is definitely a speech thing. 
So I hope we've covered off on that. 800-282-2882 if you uh, want to be on the program. Let's talk now to Pat. Oh, we're going to talk to uh, Jamie in Wichita, Kansas. Jamie, you are on the Rush Limbaugh program. It's Todd Herman filling in. Hi, Jamie. I love Wichita. Welcome to Russia's show. Hi, Todd. Thanks for taking my call. My pleasure. Um, yeah, so I just called because we have a mask mandate going into effect tonight, just in time for the 4th of July, that our Democratic governor has issued. And I'm totally opposed to it. I've been listening to you all this morning, and I'm right on with you on uh, agreeing with if you want to wear one, that's fine. But personally, for me, I do not want to wear one, and I don't feel like I should be forced to. It, it, I just want to ask, because this can sound really geeky, but it adds to the, the stupidity of this uh, in some of the states. It, is he saying it must be a medical mask, or is your governor also saying, oh, a ripped T-shirt or a pair of underwear or a bandana, et cetera, a scarf? Or is it is he actually saying a mask? Um, it's a she, and she, she said um, face coverings. Um, they have to be worn indoors and outdoors at all times that social distancing cannot be maintained. And it's like 100 degrees here, so I don't want to wear one outside when it's 100 degrees. No, thanks. No, and I think that, that you know, Jamie, that, that, that if you just go to the science, and I'm really legitimately thinking of carrying a binder of science around with me. I'll put Mitt Romney's picture on it, it's, you know, binder of science. And 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 carry this around. And uh, my response to people, because I got mass shamed the other day uh, because I was in a city where it's Seattle, where there's, you know, you got to wear the masks. And someone said to me, oh, I, I see you're not wearing a mask. I said, no, I'm not. Huh. Well, did you know that's the law? You know, it's actually not. It's it's a diktat from a governor. It's an order. It's not a law. Laws are passed. Through the law. Why aren't you wearing one? And here's what I said, Jamie, is how long do you have? And, and he said, what? I go, how long do you have? Because I'm, I'm glad to share this with you. Let me, and I said, just, just let me ask you this. The areas around your face, these two-inch holes where the mask isn't touching your face, do you, do you have a magic force field there or something? And he goes, he looks at me and he goes, bigot, and walks away. So I, I suggest to you that, you that you develop a speech or maybe just take maybe a one-pager uh, and say something to someone. What's the? What do you anticipate in Wichita is going to be the take rate on this? How many people do you think are going to put up with this? You know, I really don't know. I know there's a lot of our more rural counties that are already saying they won't enforce it. Um, yeah. I suspect here in Wichita, where it's more um, heavily populated, that they we were kind of waiting to see what her actual outline was of it, and that was supposed to be happening today. Um, but I, you know. I just don't feel like it's fair to to tell everybody, you know, if you want to wear it, it's your choice. It doesn't make me a bad person because I don't want to wear it. And my fear is all the videos that are online now circulating of people like you being yelled at and shamed, that it's going to give license to that behavior. Like it's some kind of a law now. And like you pointed out, it's not. They've been they've been training for this forever. They've been training forever to socially shame us into this. And here's one thing that I would suggest if you want to be really, really clever. Read the law. There's a thing. I have a friend of mine who is a law enforcement officer. He, he, he talks of something called malicious. Uh, it's not malicious enforcement. It's, uh, it's being malicious in how you follow a rule. Uh, so you're adhering to it maliciously. You could wear a tea dolly on your face with a bunch of holes in it. You could go get fishnet material and put a strap on that and, and across the top of it write placebo. 
and send, say, hey, come and get me. Like, this is, um, this is me. I'm, I'm following it. It says, a, it says a face covering. This is covering my face. And I think that one of the ways to do this is to show the bizarreness of this. But then on the other hand, I don't want to be a person that is, could be perceived as shaming others for wearing masks. There's a friend of the show who has, uh, you know, uh, type 2 diabetes. Needs to be very, very careful. But in that case, you're talking about something maybe like an N95 mask, which, by the way, you don't touch, that you wear once and it's gone and you get another one. So I appreciate the call. Jamie, thanks very much for calling Rush's show. Uh, Appreciate it. And and one other thing on this, on this lawsuit that's coming out against uh, the masks. By the way, if it turns out that the Freedom Foundation, and this is in Washington State, if, if they do this, I want it done in other states. Just for this reason, I, I want to see the science. I, I, I need someone to show me that there is science behind this because it's very it's a very common thing on the left to say, um, well, the science or science says or I'm not a science denier. Science is science is a process. Right. It's, it's not an outcome. It's it's not a it's it's a process. So I'd love to see the details on that. Come back. Got to talk to a gentleman in Panama City, Florida, who disagrees with me on Ron DeSantis not rolling back the economy. Can't wait to have this conversation. It's Todd Herman in for Rush Limbaugh on the EIB Network. And thank you for having me. It is a tremendous joy and honor to uh, host for Rush Limbaugh on the EIB Network. And we're going to talk in a bit, uh, might be a little bit of debate about Ron DeSantis in Florida not rolling back uh, the economy, not going back to the shutdown. We'll talk about that in a second. Seeing, and you know this, is believing and is experiencing is believing. There's some things you must make a point of treating yourself to. Rush Limbaugh can tell you more. My friends, there are just certain things worth experiencing. Sleeping on a set of Boland Branch sheets is one of those things. It really is. These are sheets with a quality to them that you would uh, you have to check into a five-star hotel to find. Or spend $1,000 at a big-name department store. And I'm not exaggerating here. Now, before Bolin Branch came along, you might have found a set of sheets like this, as I say, at a high-end hotel suite or big-time, big-time department store, but the retail price would have been $1,000. Oh, yeah, they existed. They were called fine Egyptian cotton or whatever it was, single thread, double thread, whatever. Well, the Bolin Branch people came along. They experienced that stuff, too. They found they said, these things don't have to cost 1000 bucks. They really were taken with the whole concept of the softness and the luxurious nature of the fabrics. They set out to see if they could uh, find the right material, right kind of quality, cotton, organic. They could make a set of sheets, sell them retail for 200 250 bucks. You know what? They did. They found a way to do it. They make this quality of product available for just 200 bucks after you use a promo code with your purchase. And the way, one of the ways they're able to do it is they sell online only. They don't have a retail operation, which means there's no distribution costs, middlemen costs, no reserving of floor space costs. They've got nothing against retail. It's just they wouldn't be able to sell this product at the price point they want if they went retail. Plus, they like having a personal relationship with every customer. And the way you do that is online. Now, once you get these, if you take the plunge and buy them, you've got 30 days to see if I'm right. 30 days and nights to see if these sheets are actually as soft and luxurious as I claim they are. And you know what? If you don't think they are, you can... 
take them off the bed. You can crumble them up, put them back in the bag, and send them back to Baldwin Branch, and they'll fully, totally refund whatever you spent buying them. That's how much confidence. You know what the return rate is, by the way? It's microscopic. It's infinitesimal. It's like less than six-tenths of one percent. In fact, what happens is that people so enjoy these and they, they marvel at the packaging, they end up giving these as Christmas and birthday presents. It's B-O-L-L-N-Branch.com. That's the web address and the offer code, of course. What do you think that is? It's my name. So B-O-L-L-N-Branch.com. Use my name at the purchase process. That'll get you $50 off your first set. So you're talking $200, and then you've got 30 days to try them out. B-O-L-L-N-Branch.com. And we'll have more from Rush uh, next hour. Lots to get to as we continue. Todd Herman filling in for Rush Limbaugh. I have so much to say about the Republicans who are somehow convinced that they can convince us to vote for Joe Biden. I've got I've got a lot loaded to talk about there. When talking about the mass diktats and President Trump's view that these are it's, it's, he's fine with it. We just talked about that. And the changing approaches to the economy. Gavin Newsom intends to shut the California economy down. He signaled that maybe back to stage one or phase one. And despite the fact that the, the scientific studies I've read and the evidentiary studies just, just belie that this even works. That's, and I'm just convinced of that. Ron DeSantis has said, no, I'm, I'm, we're not. We're not going to roll things back. Mike is in Panama City, Florida, joins us on the Rush Limbaugh program. Mike, I appreciate you being so gracious to wait. Welcome to Russia's show. Hey, thanks for taking my call, man. The reason why I don't agree with Ron DeSantis is because he's done a crap job. I live in Panama City. We've got a, pan, we've got a beach there, Panama City Beach. And if you watch the news, a majority of the beaches down in South Florida are closing. So guess where everybody's coming? Here. Now, they opened up everything back up Memorial Day weekend. Since that time, our numbers have gone up five, six times. You know, and no, no, numbers of what? Out of town, uh, COVID. But, but, uh, just, but, but, I'm sorry, go ahead. I just, I just, no, I just want to ask a question. Uh, when you say numbers, what, what has gone up? People with COVID? Yes. Okay, so, so not the death rate. The death rate's obviously gone up. I think we're, before Memorial Day, we were two, three deaths i think we're up to seven or eight now so what is the what is the population of florida uh panama city no of the the state i have no idea man what 20 30 million no you're spot on it's about 21 million what's the total number of deaths in the in the state that i don't know either all right it's about three thousand people okay you know it's just like uh you know everybody's coming here before before Memorial Day, we had, you know, 75, 80 cases. Now we're up to seven, 800 cases. Uh, we have no more, you know, ICU beds in either one of our hospitals. They're all 100% full. It's getting closer to closer to me and my family because I know like eight or nine people that have came down with it, yeah. and they were all work on the beach. Now, I'm not saying that we have to shut down all the way down to phase one, but we need to start taking some action here, you know, because it's not going away. The heat's not killing it. People are coming down with it. So let me, let me I, I want to understand uh, you and your situation. And uh, I sure. I get afraid of things when I think of it harming my family. That that causes me fear. And, and maybe you're the uh, same. Do I. All right. And um, I'm I'm 52. May I ask your age? 45. All right. 
Um, do you have uh, bad health conditions? I'm I'm relatively healthy. No, but people people in my family that I'm around do, and that's where I wear a mask. Too. You know, I don't want to contract it and be asymptomatic and give somebody to my family or somebody that I work with. You know, because the same thing at my work, I have people that have uh, pre-existing conditions and whatnot. Right, and that's a source of fear. And and I would be uh, you look, you guard your family, you love your family. I, I think one of the things where I want to maybe build a bridge with you is is this that. Um, we, our age and our health, relative health, we're more likely to die in a car accident. Sure. And we are, as asymptomatic people, uh, NIH study, unlikely to pass this on. And, and what I understand is the virus lives 30 seconds in the sun. And that doesn't change the fear. I hear you, a smart man who is capable of protecting your family. What, what steps are you taking? How are, how are you as the head of your household and a beloved family member, how are you caring for people who do have um, the, the uh, well, health you know, conditions? It's like when I go to the grocery store, I try to get there when they first open. I wear mm. the mask. I get what I need. I'm out. Uh, my wife is a cosmetologist, so she cuts my hair, and we just try to avoid, you know, large crowds and stuff like that. You know, we're not going to the, we're not going to Panama City Beach this weekend for sure. <laughs> that's going to be Corona Fest out there, buddy. Uh. Yeah, so I hear a man who is taking charge of his family and his life in a super responsible, well-attuned way. And this is where maybe, maybe Mike, maybe we disagree a bit on this, is that I believe that we, we have to go through the process of the development of herd immunity so that the disease, it just has fewer places to live. It just it can't live um, in people who've had it and, and overcome it. And I think Isn't maybe that what a what a vaccine does, they in, inject you with the vaccine, which makes your body produce the antibodies. And that to me, that's herd immunity right there. Getting the vaccine. Yeah, it, it is sort of a form of of pretend herd immunity. But just understand some things. And, and, and I don't I, I, that was a terrible way to say this. Just here's some yeah, context. Sure. No, here's some context, Mike. A couple years ago, there were eight hundred and ten thousand Americans in the hospital for the flu. That's a lot. That's that's sure. that's a huge number. And there was no news reports. There was there was no masks. There was no be afraid. Um, so when I talk about herd immunity, a vaccine sort of approximates that. But there are flu vaccines that are about 30 percent effective. The development of vaccines in people is what has conquered the virus in Japan. And according to the former chief medical officer of Israel, he says the virus is dead there. Um, in Sweden, they they did not lock down. They had some problems in nursing homes because they did not protect the older folks. Uh, but the Netherlands looked at that model and said, oh, wait, that's working. And I think it's very scary to, to imagine that. But thank God there's people like you who have such a head on your shoulders that, Mike, you are an individual making individual decisions that is best for your family. And I think others need to make those decisions for themselves because I just I'm, I thank God that you run in your family. Yeah, I appreciate that, man. But yeah, and uh, back on the other hand, I just don't agree with the way that the, that uh, the state opened stuff back up. You know, it was just like boom, one day you're off, next day you're on. Month later, Corona numbers through the roof. I, I just so, don't agree with that. Yeah, and there's just one thing I want us to to maybe agree on is that Corona sure. people with Corona are not dying. They're not. It's nowhere near a death sentence. Nationwide, it's about a point two six death rate. Doesn't change the fear. I just want people to understand that in in populations like kids, you're more likely to die from lightning. And if you're seventy under seventy with no comorbid conditions, you're more likely to die from the flu. It's it's just it's just context, and I I can't I allay the fear, right? And hey, at least you're not in New York where they're we're forcing people in the nursing homes, and they had uh, I think about ten times the 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 rate of death that they did in in, in your state. So, man, I appreciate well, here, you listening. To, go ahead. 
Uh, I was going to say something about New yeah. York. You know, I know a lot of people down here. Yeah. And a lot of people that voted Trump would say they, they have told me that they would absolutely vote for Cuomo just because of the way that he handled Corona. <laughs> See, that's a messaging problem. That's a messaging problem, my friend. All right. We got to well, we got to spend some time on this Cuomo stuff this week because, uh, man, he's the, 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 the data says the reverse. I'll tell you what, if I get to come back, uh, I will spend some time on that. And I'll remember it's Mike from Panama City and I'll I'll dedicate that segment. to you. appreciate you calling the show. And uh, hey, um, God, God bless your family. Just uh, stay well. We just appreciate you, Mike. Same to you, buddy. Y'all have a good day. All right. Sod Herman in for Rush Limbaugh on the EIB Network. Todd Herman in for Rush Limbaugh on the EIB Network. And a reminder, at RushLimbaugh.com, you can go leave Rush a note, special notes for Rush. And I've heard him talk about how meaningful those are for him. And you can also just say a prayer. Just women saying all day, just God bless Rush as, as he continues to beat the, beat the garbage out of cancer. And he is the sort of person who beats this stuff. Let's talk to Tim, in, also in Panama City, Florida. We just talked to Mike in uh, Panama City, Florida. Tim, you're on the Rush Limbaugh program. Thanks for calling in. It's Todd Herman hosting for Rush. Hi, Tim. Hi, Tom. How are you doing? Good. I, just say, I can't let Mike get away with what he tried to do a minute ago. Uh, I were, I'm an employee at the hospital here in town. And one thing you've got to understand in Panama City, our hospitals were almost destroyed during the Hurricane Michael. And the largest hospital... Was not it's, it's they only have like eighty beds in there. Our ICU rooms are not full of COVID patients. As far as the numbers going up, we were testing at a rate of about two hundred people a day here. So uh, that guy, he's a uh, a local guy here that goes on all the radio shows, and he hates Trump. He hates everything <laughs> conservative, and uh, I just can't let him sit there and get away with that. I mean, well, uh, no, this is the magic of it. most of what he said was blown. This, this is, that guy's got a job. Put it down. <laughs> uh, well, this is part of the magic of Russia's show. And I just want to ask real quick yeah. on this on this testing. There's states, I believe Arizona is doing this in other states that if you go in uh-huh. at all, they force you to take a test and that the antibodies they could show could be a common cold. The CDC has said this. Sometimes the antibodies we're seeing are the common cold. In, in Panama City, are they forcing people to get a COVID test to get access to health care? No. They are going in voluntarily. They are lining up to be tested. Yeah. And there were one place was, was talking uh, just the other day. They were testing over 200 people a day. And most of the people are asymptomatic. Some of the people I work with have caught it, been asymptomatic. One girl, she, her husband had it, her brother had it, her sister had it, her daughter and son had it. They all lived in the same house, and she never d- developed it. Yeah. So, yeah. I mean, you know, this is it's such a it's, – it's a political football that everybody's kicking around, and they're trying to gain uh, an edge by using this this ridiculous flu that's really not uh, done anything but, but, but harmed older people and very sick people, you know, which yep. any flu will do. Exactly, exactly. And I've heard this from, from world-renowned medical professors, et cetera, and you working in a hospital. I appreciate the uh, the context in that, Tim. Thanks very much. God bless you for the work you do down there, and you stay safe. And I just I just looked this up real quick. I was right. 
It's 10 times the amount of deaths in the state of New York, which has a smaller population than the state of Florida. But let's put this in, into these. In New York, it's about 30,000 people have died, sadly. And in New York, I think it's a huge number, uh, a huge percentage in nursing homes. And Andrew Cuomo, of course, demanded that nursing homes accept COVID-positive people, which is the very last thing you'd want to do. But check these numbers out. And this is from the National Review. Florida has seen 15 COVID-19 fatalities per 100,000 population. New York has seen 160 per 100,000 population, with 46,000 deaths between them. New York um, is in, and its sibling, New Jersey, they've combined for more fatalities than France, Spain, and Italy. So the notion that Andrew Cuomo has well handled this is is belied just completely by the numbers. But then also just remember that the things that they didn't shut down, they did not protect the nursing homes. Ron DeSantis did. He he virtually quarantined, not nursing homes, but the villages and, and the retirement facilities, virtually quarantined. That's where he concentrated the testing. I talked to a guy named Dr. Scott Atlas, who was a 14-year chief of neuroradiology at Stanford Medical Center, also a professor there. He said... Testing only makes sense right now with first responders and patients or or residents of nursing homes or um, uh, elderly care centers or retirement villages and the staff there. That's it. He also said contact tracing at this point, unless you are unless you're practicing for something else, contact tracing is only useful before a, a pandemic like this takes hold. So it is, there's so much politics behind this. There's so many people who are leftists who work in public health who just look at this as an opportunity to finally do the thing they've always wanted to do. That's why they got into the business of being a bureaucrat. Appreciate all the phone calls. It's Todd Herman in for Rush Limbaugh on the EIB Network. It's Todd Herman in for Rush Limbaugh on the EIB Network. Uh, I don't know if we have time to be fair uh, with the call. I would just say this, that... Twitter is now is filled with with knowledge and not not Twitter. Twitter is just a piece of software. I, I just I I sit in this chair and it is a mind blower to fill in for Rush. It, it's always going to be if I if I get to do this again, it will forever be a mind blower uh, to do this because the show has meant so much to me as a human being and in in the development of my intellect and in fact in my career choices in in positive ways, all positive, not just not just in getting back in the radio. But the fact-checking that goes on during this program is just phenomenal. There's now people posting to me, nope, I checked the, the hospital rooms, the emergency rooms in Florida are fine. Here's this resource. In Panama City, they're flying. Here's this resource. Other people now taking the article I shared of why is Andrew Cuomo uh, bragging from the National Review, and they've got three or four local stories that they're bringing out and sharing. And this goes to my point about the propaganda of silence. I had a discussion with someone who's in the medical field. Incredibly, incredibly smart human being. Smarter than me by a by a mile. And he had no idea, had no idea that Florida wasn't a complete mess until I actually, actually took the step to send him those numbers from the Endercoma piece. And his response to me was so telling, which was, how did I not know this? It's Todd Herman in for Rush Limbaugh on the EIB Network. An amazing honor to sit in for Rush Limbaugh, joining the ranks of uh, Ken Matthews and Mark Stein. Uh, I think I probably speak for both gentlemen. I'll tell you, it is just, it's just an amazing honor to do this. And speaking of Rush, he had something that he wants you to hear. This is Rush Limbaugh. 
Hi, everybody, and welcome to the Rush Limbaugh program. Sadly, it's not going to feature me today. I had every intention of being here today and tomorrow, as you know. But there's something strange that happens after I get one of these infusion treatments. It's not really strange. It's, it's not predictable. And it is just an indescribable kind of debilitating fatigue, which I could probably work through, but the main impact it has on me is a compromise of my ability to focus. It's the, it's the strangest thing. So other than that, I'm responding very well to the treatment so far. That's something I'm excited to share with you. But it's just this weird side effect that once again is preventing me from uh, being in today, focusing and doing my best. So we have Todd Herman all day today, and I want to thank him immensely for making time to step in today. Hope you all have a great Fourth of July weekend, and I am intent on getting back as soon as I can. When you have an opportunity to set off a firework this weekend, and if it's one of the ones that soars into the sky, set one off, set one off uh, for the Maharishi. And send one off with God's prayers uh, for Rush continued strength in this. I get this headline and I look at this and I remember times I spent at the Bush Center in Dallas. And I, well, it's, well, it's, yeah, it's in Dallas, outside of Dallas. And it just, it saddens me and it angers me and it frustrates me. Hundreds of former Georgia B. Bush staffers launch a pro-Biden super PAC. And my question is this, we've we've now had... Four years, or nearly that, of, of President Donald Trump. What what are the fears that have come true? What what are the what are the great what are the great fears? The cutting of regulation that's really bothersome to you. The placement of actual constructionist conservative constitutional judges. This is of great concern to you, Bushies. This this is this is a reason to vote for a man who legitimately looked at a camera and said, I'm tested for dementia or for, for cognitive decline every day. Yes, you are. And every day, every time you speak without notes, every moment you struggle to use a smartphone, every time during a discussion that for some reason or another you're standing there on video and you decide to walk across the room and put your mask on and off. And every time you say that 120 million Americans have died from um, from COVID-19, and every time you, you have an opportunity to speak without any notes, even sometimes with notes, you, you pick up your notes and you read them time and again. Every moment of the day, you're indicating that you are e- cognitively declined. And that, look, this is sad. It's a sad thing to imagine Joe Biden going through a day. By himself, I'd love to get your thoughts on if you are in this camp at 800-282-2882, what, what fears have come true? What have been the great Trump wrongs? He said he'd build a wall. He's beginning to build a wall. He said he would be tough on crime in some ways he has been. And now he's saying that he regrets listening to Jared Kirshner and Jared Kirshner on the um, on the justice reform bill, which, in fact, freed a lot of people who were very violent. It didn't just free people who were peaceful, nonviolent people. It freed a lot of people who were violent. So he's stepping back. So what, what is the nightmare that they have is that the Republican Party is no longer calibrated just to support their business model. And I, I just want to break things down and to be super, super clear with you. 
politics is a business and there's a business model. The Democrats are in the business of selling people ultimate control over you. That's that's what they're in the business of. So you go to their most left extreme, and that is the Marxists, the self-confessed trained Marxists who run Black Lives Matter. And you've heard my mantra. You ask me, oh, the Black Lives Matter? My response is going to be absolutely Black Lives Matter. And that's why I do not and cannot support the Marxist-run group Black Lives Matter Incorporated. The furthest left wants the complete control, that is, tear everything down. When you start tearing down statues, eventually people follow. That always happens in cultural revolutions. It always happens that when you topple statues, eventually you topple people. And let's not lose the fact that 19 people have died in the riots, not in the peaceful form of protesting, which, of course, we honor, but in the riots. That's not, and I don't believe that counts the the child that was killed in Seattle's Antifa stand. I don't think it, I don't think it counts that at all. So it could be twenty people or more have died in these riots. So you take that into account. I go back to the Bushies and I say, the business model of the left is selling ultimate control of your life. They're going to sell your health. They did it with Obamacare. They said you are now legally forced to open up your savings account or your checking account. And you are forced by law to give money to a company you don't like for services you can't use at prices you cannot afford. And this was law. You were required to give your money to big insurance companies who helped write that bill that became law. And then we know about John Roberts protecting that, etc. That's the business model of the left. We're going to let you purchase control over people's lives. So we'll let you purchase something, let's say the uh, the accounting lobby. Uh, you know, my accountant's become a dear friend of mine. I've used him for 15 years. He's the first one to say, I shouldn't have this business. The accounting lobby, they want to have a complicated tax system. They work through the Democrats. That's the business model. Big college, Harvard, with a $39 billion endowment, is still taking tax money. They want to have that right to be able to still force money out of you, despite the fact they've got this huge endowment. They want total control. That's what the Democrats sell. The Republicans sell slightly less control to slightly more reasonable lobbyists to give them slight tax cuts and advantages. And then there is, of course, sort of international relations. And on that, the Republicans have been remarkably better in most ways, aside from a whole bunch of interventionist wars. And I can go, I I, I can look at both sides of that. But I want to concentrate on the business model of Republicans. They sell tax cuts. They sell some regulatory changes. But they don't want to see a wholesale change in the way Washington, D.C. works. This is really vital for people to understand if you've never lived in D.C. It's really, really vital that you get this. If you go to D.C. and let's say that you you start your journey at the White House, and let's say that you walk up, I think it's Constitution, and you head up towards the congressional office buildings and then head over the other way over to the Senate office buildings, everybody you meet along the way, from the hot dog vendor to the person who's selling uh, lemonades to the cab driver to the person who is cleaning the streets to the lawyer to whomever, every single person you meet in that district is somehow rewarded by big government, all of them, every single one of them. 
And they're rewarded by selling access, and they're rewarded by these business models. And the competition is that the leftists have decided we're going to sell identity politics. And here's the poison of identity politics. You see it in the streets. I talked to a friend of mine who is a, uh, a black man. I've been talking to black people on the air in Seattle because I'm, I'm trying to figure this out. I, I, I am a person of faith. I do want to bring people together. And, and uh, Zoe Rachel told me, he said, the poison of identity politics is that you have black people who believe that they're black above everything else. You have gay people who believe they're gay above everything else. And Hispanic people, I'm, I'm Hispanic above everything else. So when there's any sort of question, well, wait a minute, is that really good for black people? They're hearing, you're doubting my identity. You're you're doubting my identity. This is what leftism has wrought. And what is it that we, what what are the great fears of Trumpism? That we have a desire to try to treat everybody the same? That the president will call out the wanton illegal destruction of public property in, in, in hopes of scaring a populace into voting for Joe Biden as terrorism? Well, that's sort of terrorism. And again, I'll have the conversation just the all day long. You want to put statues in museums? I'll have that conversation. But tearing things down because you decided to, that doesn't end with public property. And in fact, you look at, in, in again, Seattle and what happened there, the, the nightmare. I'm from there. They didn't shut that thing down until the mob went to Mayor Jenny Durkin's house and 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 committed to minor acts of vandalism, which is wrong. I don't want that done, but that's when they stopped it. So to the Bushes, I've sat at your meetings. I've seen your business model in play. I happen to think that as a philanthropy, the Bush Center is very good. I think that to this day. But this move, I'll invite any of you to tell me why I should vote for a man in clear cognitive decline who is taking monies, as I understand it, raised partly by the Marxist, trained Marxist, self-confessed, not the membership, the Marxist leaders of Black Lives Matter, raising 300 million bucks, financially benefiting from the burning of cities? How does that help black people or any American? What is this great fear you have? And are you willing to confess that it's your business model you're afraid of losing? I'd love to hear that. Because we must understand something. There's a reason D.C. has eight of the ten richest counties in the United States of America. You know what? Their business model is Republicans and Democrats combined, right? It's a great business model. If you want more money, take more money. Flawless. It's Todd Herman in for Rush Limbaugh on the EIB Network. Let me thank, uh, what was it at the end of the show? Why wait? I want to thank Bo Snerdly, Mike Mamone. Team EIB, of course, Rush Limbaugh for letting me fill in on the EIB network. Lots of talks about masks and particularly the president saying, I've got no problem with them. That's to me, that's the perfect answer. We did a lot on the science behind this and the the meta study of studies from the CDC across a 40 or 50 year period showing that wearing masks does not stop the flow of influenza. And because the, the viruses, the, the virus molecules are too small. Those masks that people wear in, in hospitals, you know, surgical rooms, those are to stop their own bacteria from getting into your wounds. And I've seen media. I saw a local media station send a reporter out to, to cough on cultures. And then they put him in incubators and he coughed wearing a mask and then not wearing a mask. And then he uh, laughed wearing a mask and then not wearing a mask. And then they put him in an incubator. And, oh, gross. Look, when I wasn't wearing a mask, it's, it's gross. It's bacteria. That, and, and we don't, we normally don't, 
when we exhale, blow our bacteria into into an incubator or a you know a a, a culture. It normally dies out in the air or the sunlight. The people who watched that report, the social media responses, people literally thought that was COVID nineteen growing on those cultures. And, and it engenders fear in people, and people become afraid. There's a lot of people afraid, which is why we spend a lot of time on the data and the reality of this. Um, and a friend of mine who's been tracking this, uh, this, this remarkably, he's a data expert. His name is Justin Hart. Just sent me a note. Florida had four times as many cases of COVID-19 in June as previous months, but 10 times fewer deaths. Did you hear that? It means that concentrating on working to protect the people who are vulnerable and letting other people go about their lives, building herd immunity is exactly what this country needs. It's why I am a proponent of recognizing that the lockdowns, 600 doctors have called the lockdowns a mass casualty event because people who would not otherwise die are dying, either because they're afraid to go to the hospital or through suicides or through drug abuse, etc., It is time to understand the pattern. The pattern is the lockdowns cannot change the growth of the virus. And the masks, if you feel better wearing one, by all means do. But let us not give up our own critical thinking and analysis because the government tells us we must. Let's talk to Patsy in Thomasville, North Carolina. Patsy, you're on the Rush Limbaugh program. It's Todd Herman filling in. Hi, Patsy. Hi, Todd. Um, I agree with the lady that called in from Houston, the psychologist that this is a ploy to get us to turn on each other. I see it all the time, um, both in person. I I personally don't choose to wear a mask. Um, And the looks that I get, that because our governor says I'm not compassionate if I don't wear a mask, and he made mask wearing a mandate last Friday. And on social media, we have a a local television uh, show that is constantly putting up um, stories on Facebook that will, I think, intentionally inflame people on this subject and the whole COVID subject. And my fear is that today it's a mask that we have to wear because um, if we don't, we're not, we don't care about other people's health. What is it going to be tomorrow? Right. That's my fear. Right. Well, there is a uh, technology called Pass that might be tomorrow. They're, they're marketing it now. Don't worry. It's just a um, it's just a mesh tattoo that goes on your finger that can be tied into a uh, Bitcoin insert, a digital currency in your body. So, I mean, that's not that doesn't freak you out, does it? Not at all. No. I mean, it, that's so much better than a mask. You know, at least I can breathe. <laughs> yeah, but then you you have a you are trackable at every point. You know, the, and exactly. this is what the left does. They they do better. The Republicans do not concentrate on blowing open the Overton window. That's a political theory. And yeah, Glenn Glenn Beck wrote a book called The Overton Window. This is this is a political theory that you change what is allowable to be discussed in public. And there's something that that you, you we're now literally saying. That if you don't wear a mask, you're literally killing people. And yet we can look right. at the literal data and say that's not the case. But look at what the left has done. They have said, look, if, you, if, if, if a man thinks of himself as a woman and you don't agree, you're literally killing him. If you, mm-hmm. don't back, if you don't back Obamacare, you're literally killing people. It's the same template. And you're exactly right to call it compassion 
When anyone says to you, if you don't take an act that you consider to be completely irresponsible or completely against your morals or make no sense, you're not compassionate. They're not selling compassion. They're selling fear. They're selling. They want you to shut up is what they want. Now, our governor is always quoting science and data. He's being led by science and data. It, It comes out of his mouth at least every day. Really? What, what he should be saying is power and control. Power and it, control. The, the, they, the, okay, so this is remarkable because uh, you are in um, North Carolina. I have a tweet here from the Pixie in North Carolina saying that this is being fought in your legislature because it's illegal it to wear a mask in public. That's interesting. Science and data, that's what Jay Inslee in Washington State says. That's what Kate Brown in Oregon says. Science and mm-hmm. data, science and data. Now, let me ask you this. I think I know the answer to this. Has, has your governor ever come out and said, here is the data? Um. I would think no, not. He has not. No. <laughs> Isn't that interesting? So it's yeah. science and data, but we just can't show it to you. All right. Well, listen, I appreciate the phone call, and, and I just stick to your guns. You're a smart woman. Stick to your guns, and uh, we'll just be smart together. Patsy, thanks for the phone call. When people use science and data, science and data, science and data, do you remember hope and change, hope and change, hope and change? Change to what? Doesn't matter. Or this. Fair share, fair share, fair share. What is our fair share? Well, we can't tell you, but trust us, there's a fair share out there. Well, what's the percentage going to be? Well, we, we can't tell you. Where there is, and this is one other thing I would just have you notice and notice very, very vividly. Now it's time for masks. This means that for this entire period of time, Every single health authority in the United States of America, including Tony Fauci, has been dead wrong. That's what this means? With something as simple as cover your face with fabric? I can't buy it. It's just not something I can buy. It's Todd Herman in for Rush Limbaugh on the EIB Network. I want to make sure we get a lot of your phone calls as we continue. Give us a call at 800-282-2882. This is really a frightening thought as we're looking at the Bushies and oh, we should all vote for Joe Biden. I, I, I man, I don't want to be mean. I had uh, my my mother's husband had uh, dementia and it's just painful. But honestly, 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 please, in your heart, in your mind, in your soul, do you think that Joe Biden could function by himself in a day? And and I mean this with full sincerity. Do you think that if you said to Joe Biden, today is on you, does it begin with Joe Biden waking up and then having to determine where he is? And does it it go to Joe Biden having, you know, down and out arguments with with lampposts about, no, my hair and my legs is it was really long and blonde and kids like to touch it. That's what I'm I'm telling you, lamppost. Does it, does it get to that level? And is that literally what the, the Bushes are saying? This is your choice. And then a, a VP candidate who must be a woman, because that's the rule, and that's something that Biden put on himself, must, must be a woman. And now the intelligentsia and the Democrats are saying this must be a woman of color. So you are, for the vice presidency of the United States, narrowing this down precipitously from all qualified people to qualified people who meet certain intersectional boxes. And the Bushes are telling us this this is your choice. You must do this to a man who probably, if you were to sit him in a, a, a 
a Denny's restaurant or a silver diner and tell him, congratulations, you're president. This is the Oval Office. He might well say, well, we made it. What do I do now? I guess, do you want, do you want the eggs or the... And it's painful to look at. It's painful to imagine. How's the spoon work? Well, you hold it and... And look, I saw this with, with my mom's husband, who I dearly loved. The only grandpa that, that my daughter ever got to know. And and he would joke about it. Right? Scared him, too. He would joke about it. And when the, 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 when the mood was light, we would do that. That's that's the choice we have. We have also then a choice when people were saying, hey, it's not good enough that you wear them. It's not good enough that, that I can wear a mask and be completely protected. Or I'm protect. You must wear a, a piece of fabric. Well, and you just go through the calculus on this. Just run through this. Many of these states are saying a face covering, a scarf, or a a you know a bandana. If you have any scientific acumen, tell me how do you do a randomly cl- a random clinic random uh, random clinical study or trial on on a random piece of cloth. What are we measuring? Well, it's, it's cloth. Of, of what? What? What width? What? What thickness? Uh, we don't know. What type of cloth? Well, it's just cloth. You, you you don't have a base from which to work, and we're being asked to toss out our critical thinking and our analysis and our logic and our ability to research CDC studies and NIH published papers and the New England Journal of Medicine saying outside of hospitals these things are not helpful. We're being asked to toss this out by a political party who is accusing us of politicizing this. Accusing us of that. Let's talk to Gil in Boca Raton, Florida. Gil, you're on the Russian Bob program. It's Todd Herman filling in. Hi, Gil. How are you doing? Doing great. One, I don't hear so good, so uh, I'm like Biden, okay? <laughs> uh, and all my friends are like Biden because they talk about baseball and football, and they, I drove 25 miles to the dentist and 25 miles back. I had the only American flag. Wow. Okay? We're talking about nonsense, and they, these people are organized. They're organized. They're coming into your houses. Okay? And we're talking about uh, face masks. They're not talking about face They got your mind on Biden and face masks. Wake up. There's not one American flag in 50 miles, and there's not one in my neighborhood here in Boca Raton. You know why? They're afraid to put it out. That's what we should be talking about, not masks. Mm-hmm. Not Biden. Mm-hmm. It's this. Not playing it's... marbles, not dogs. Men are cooking today, and women are working. So, so Gil, let me ask this question. I'm hard of hearing. You can try. I know you are. I'm, 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 I'm going to try real hard. I'm, I'm going to try real hard. Gil, you are spot on that people are not putting up flags because they're scared. And I am going to present something to no, you. No, we're cowards. They're, we're cowards. They are not cowards. They're standing up. And even if Trump becomes president, we have no laws anymore. Don't you understand? There are no laws anymore. I do. I do. I want to thank you for the call, Gil, because uh, we're, we're having trouble communicating. So I want to thank you for the call. Gil's right. We, 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 have, we live in an era of lawlessness, and the Democrats want it to be more lawless. And Gil's also right. There are people who will not put up a flag because they're afraid. 
And when I talk about the masks, I want to make sure that everybody understands I'm not debating fabric. I'm not debating sewing. I am debating a political party that is making a practice of telling you you need to do things that don't make sense. You need to put up the sticker of a Marxist organization in your capitalist storefront so that we know you're not going to be a problem. That's what they're training Americans to do. Gil's right. The flags have come down because people are afraid to fly them. And people, in some cases, are wearing masks because people are afraid to be approached in the grocery store. And there are businesses in small towns who, in fact, I'll give you an example. In Olympia, Washington, the mayor of that town who backs leftism, is a Marxist, she had the Black Lives Matter logo in her window. Her house was vandalized. Then she said it was domestic terrorism. So we have a political party that's saying it puts the mask on its skin or it gets the shutdown again. And it's a, it's a very similar technique to what has led to people being afraid to put the flag up. It's a very similar technique to the pronoun madness. You will say this in the workplace or you'll be fired. It's a very similar technique into people being afraid to say they're against abortion. That Well, I mean, it's... It's a very similar technique to people having to apologize for, well, yeah, I served in the military, but I was, it's a very similar technique. And it is a serious thing to talk about the masks. It is a political activity as I see it, because I simply cannot map to where it becomes scientific. I just can't get there. Let's talk quick to uh, John in Cleveland, Ohio. John, you're on the Rush Limbaugh program. It's Todd Herman filling in. John, welcome to the Rush Show. Thanks. I I was going to make the point about the mask being a kind of petri-dish over our mouths and nose, but uh, listening to the sarcastic promos since, I really, uh, something that's on my last nerve is how all of these 1,500 right-wing talk show big business stations with uh, right-wing talk shows uh, use the very deceitful tactic of saying the left is taking over institutions of our society. It's a very uh, deliberate uh, lie because uh, uh, there is no left in the United States. I try to find uh, little needles in a haystack. Uh, occasionally I find a, a couple few like global research on the Internet or information clearinghouse, and, and yeah. they, they are totally censored from any of the media, any of the institutions John, of this society. John. I'm having trouble hearing you. I, I I appreciate the phone call. I'm having trouble hearing you. Sorry, it's it's a technical thing. I'm having trouble hearing you. There's a lot more to get to as we continue in the Rush Limbaugh program, 800-282-2882, including more on this. And I also want to hear one more and some more statements about where you're at in terms of optimism, in terms of your state and how it's being handled there. Much more to get to on social media, stuff being shut down there. You won't believe what's being allowed on Reddit, but what's being shut down on Reddit, I'll give you a hint. It's the thing that we've been saying TEDx talks are featuring. That, oh, you like my... No, I, I got to be careful. I'm going to be very careful about how I say this. No, it's... No. I got to think about it. I'm going to pray about how I present this. We'll come back. We'll get into social media, the things that are being allowed and not allowed. It's going to blow your mind. It is more on the Cultural Revolution front. It's Todd Herman in for Rush Limbaugh on the EIB Network. 
It's Todd Herman in for Rush Limbaugh on the EIB Network. One other thing about what Gil shared with us a little earlier about uh, men are cooking and women are working. <laughs> it's a great call. Uh, he'd said, we're talking about masks and the other side is organizing. I, I should have said this to Gil. I tried to, but we're having trouble hearing each other. The mask thing is organizing. This is an organized, this is, it left us organizing. It is convincing their voters that they're the ones who are saving lives. And it's convincing their voters that people who don't wear a mask are so careless, they're willing to kill because they say President Trump doesn't wear a mask. Therefore, we just, we're mind-numb robots to do whatever Trump does. This is a method of organizing. It is a visual method. It is also this longer-term goal, as I see it, of conditioning Americans to put aside their critical thinking and to turn to the authorities. Just to give you just a heads up on this, I want to get back to the phones. All around the country, there are public health authorities who are calling, quote, gun violence a public health issue. Do you want the same people who told you it's going to be 3 million, then 2 million, then 1 million, then the hospitals be overrun, and then they're out of a run, et cetera, wear a mask, don't wear a mask, et cetera? Do you want those people making gun policy based upon health? I think the Democrats have found a great Trump card. Everything is health. That way, if you're against it, you want to kill people, says the party that wants to be able to kill a child after it's born. Where there's a double standard, there's a hidden agenda. Mark that down. Where there's a double standard, there's a hidden agenda. John in West Texas, you're on the Rush Limbaugh program. It's Todd Herman filling in. John, welcome to Rush's show. Howdy, Todd. Um, I just wanted to say I'm a physician assistant, so I'm, I'm not even a doctor. Um, and I'm not an epidemiologist. I'm just a dumb ER guy. However, um, there's been a lot of failures to observe basic science from the very start of this. One of the really bad things that we're seeing recently justifying the second wave of shutdowns and, and uh, the whole mask hysteria is the, the c- containment, this idea of containment from the very start. Flatten the curve was a slogan predicated on the idea that this could not be contained. Only the spread could be slowed a little bit so that hospitals didn't get overwhelmed all at right. once. Right. Suddenly, they're moving the goalposts. If I'm not mistaken, I think I saw Fauci himself the other day use the, the containment word on TV. This can't be contained. The antibody tests prove that it can't be contained. Pandemics, by definition, cannot be contained. 40 or 50 percent of us are going to get this, and there's nothing, any degree of mask wearing or shutting bars or shutting beaches is going to do to stop it. And in fact, if you want to do that, if you want to try, pursue this false grail of containment, then you want to kill people, you Democrats, because you don't want us to develop herd immunity. Exactly. So well said. And there's this as well. This can't, we, we, we must communicate this. And it must be so carefully communicated. Um, look, my mom is is older person. I love her. I don't know what I'll do with one day when, when the Lord takes her. I don't know what I'll do without her. Right? I'm a man in my 50s and I'm okay admitting that. 
Um, the people who are dying from this, 50% of them are in long-term care facilities. By yep. definition, then, in the sunset era of their lives, many of them with comorbid conditions, I've read that they have an 8 to 9% chance of dying every year from anything. And right. it, that is far more, far higher than they have a chance of dying from COVID-19. It's still not the precipitous killer uh, of people who can die from heart failure, from strokes, from kidney failure, or, or the good old flu. And right. But on the other side of this, the shutdowns, the lockdowns, it is absolutely leading to more overdoses. It is absolutely leading to more suicides. It's absolutely landing children in mental health challenges as their worlds are taken away from them. Todd, in some places, it's leading to more COVID. Respiratory viruses spread indoors. New York City pulled out all the stops, hurting people indoors with in multi-generational housing. So you have all these poor minority communities with all these old grandparents living with their kids and grandkids, and you heard every you shut the schools and you heard everybody indoors. Bill de Blasio and that Governor Cuomo, that's mass murder, man. They did that on purpose. They've got Cuomo's signature on an order sending COVID patients back to nursing homes. That 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 the Justice Department needs to look at that. That's insane. There's the, the insanity in this is overwhelming on every front, and as is the misdirection. And I'll just take it back to something very, 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 very simple. If someone doesn't wear a mask when they think you're not looking, and then when a camera goes on, they put it on their face, yep. I think you know yep. everything you need to know about that. John, thanks for the call. Appreciate you calling Rush's show. It's Todd Herman filling in for Rush Limbaugh on the EIB Network. It has been just an absolute thrill. Uh, to do this and to get to fill in for Rush again. My name is Todd Herman. I do a radio show in Seattle at KTTH in the mornings. I thank the whole EIB team for having us in and have me in today. Let's leave us something tomorrow is Independence Day. Um, it is, I know we call it Fourth of July, and I know that's colloquial and it's it's easier uh, than to say you know Independence Day. But there was this experiment, and the experiment was, what would it be like to be governed at, the, at our consent, what, what would it be like to have a nation built and predicated upon the notion that there are limits on government because we human beings institute government to care for our combined business? That we hire people to say, hey, will you take care of the detail work for us? We take care of some of the very important work of, of defense and of our common needs, and we'll pay you money to do that. And we'd expect that it not become a career. We'd expect that this be a calling. And that we built a system that was amenable to really important changes. And some of those changes, of course, were ridding ourselves of the moral atrocity of slavery. Some of those changes are, of course, gone in reverse. Made the government too powerful. So tomorrow, I hope that you will focus upon independence as a nation, but also independence of mind. Our conscience, it's my view that our conscience is the thing that puts us closest to God and is our greatest personal possession. More Than a Movie is back with Season 2. I'm your host, Alex Fumero. And each week, I'm going to talk to the people behind your favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Listen to more than a movie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.
Hi, I'm Michael Rappaport. And I'm Kibi Rappaport. And together we're hosting Rappaport's, Rappaport's Reality, Reality Podcast. Podcast. We have a passion for reality TV, and we're inviting you into our living room. We're dissecting the drama, and we're giving praise to the single greatest form of entertainment on television today. That is right. Reality TV is the greatest form of entertainment on television today. Listen to Rappaport's reality with me, Kibi Rappaport. And me, Michael Rappaport, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcast. I'm Jack Armstrong. He's Joe Getty. We're the Armstrong and Getty Show. We cover the stories the mainstream media ignores. Stories that are important to your life and important to the world. The election, of course. The many trials of Donald Trump. Couple of wars. Gender-bending madness. Why are kids looking at so much social media? And we bring you the stories the mainstream media is on. But we do it without the left-wing media spin. Listen to Armstrong and Getty On Demand on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Armstrong and Getty Show to start listening.